Good morning, everyone. This is JB with Not By Works Ministries. It is Wednesday, March 22nd, and it is time for another uh, World Events Update with my good friend and colleague, Randy, and I'll bring him on here in just a moment. But uh, I want to thank all of you who joined us last night, Tuesday night, for our Tuesday night prophecy night. Last night was a great turnout, and I know we had uh, several thousand that have joined us by video and live stream as well, and uh, we're approaching 5,000 each week that uh, that participate one way or the other in our weekly uh, Tuesday Prophecy Night. Last night, we talked about how the stage is being set ecclesiastically and uh, talked about the great end times apostasy that will get worse and worse. Uh, as the church, by and large, departs from the faith, the closer we get to the rapture. So uh, check that out if you didn't get a chance to join us last night. The video is posted at notbyworks.org, and of course, the podcast version uh, is out there as well. Uh, but this morning, we're going to be talking about all kinds of world events, the situation with Trump, the uh, Fed, Federal Reserve, and whether or not they're going to raise rates again this morning. In fact, during our recording of this uh podcast, we may get word on the Fed's decision, and I'm sure Randy will comment on that if it does come through. But as always, I want to begin with just a short word uh, from uh, the Word of God. And I want us to look this morning at the very last uh, few verses, uh, the last three verses to be exact, from the book of Romans. You know, Romans is sort of considered the Apostle Paul's magnum opus, and I've been studying Paul a lot recently because at Plum Creek Chapel, we've been going through the book of Acts in our Sunday sermon series. This coming Sunday will be in chapter 26, so we're wrapping this up after more than a year uh, here in the, in the next few weeks. we got three chapters left. Uh, but we've been talking a lot about Paul, his missionary journeys, his journey to Rome, uh, which is what he'll kick off this next week. And then uh, we've uh, seen his uh, time in Caesarea, where he was imprisoned and had to defend himself before Felix and Festus and uh, Agrippa. But uh, the, this book of Romans was written just a few months before uh, Paul found himself uh, there in Caesarea and ultimately headed to Rome. Um, and he wrote it in the winter of 56-57 AD during his third missionary journey. And it's considered his magnum opus because, uh, you know, essentially it is, uh, you know, the the longest and most complete statement of the message that he proclaimed, namely the gospel, that justification is by faith alone in Christ alone, that you can only be made righteous before a holy God by putting your faith in the one who died in your place and rose again, Jesus Christ. Um, but it's the the benediction, you know, the final three verses in this letter that I, I thought might give us uh, some encouragement uh, this morning. You know, Paul all of his uh, epistles end with some kind of concluding benediction, typically something along the lines of the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Uh, but this one in Romans is uh, is, is very uh, meaningful and powerful, and I, I just want to relate it to our study of Bible prophecy. So Paul says at the end of his letter to the Romans, now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, when he says my gospel, he doesn't mean he owns the gospel or that he invented the gospel or created the gospel even. It's his gospel in the sense that he has been impacted by this good news about Jesus when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And it is uh, the one gospel that has been preached throughout church history, and that is that Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead, and only those who place their faith in him can have 
eternal life. But what Paul is uh, talking about here is that this gospel, the preaching of Jesus Christ, is according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. I love that last part of verse 25 there. Uh, he's preaching Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. What in the world is he talking about there? Well, uh, revelation just means unveiling or disclosing. And of course, uh, with the coming of Christ and the subsequent inauguration of the church age on the day of Pentecost, uh, some 50 days after Christ ascended, uh, after his resurrection, uh, the, the Word of God does, in fact, unveil or disclose more information about God's plan of the ages. And that's what the word mystery uh, means. Anytime you see the word mystery in Scripture, it's the Greek word mysterion, and it it means it's a cognate. In other words, the Greek lettering, if you transliterate it directly, is how we get the word mystery, mysterion in Greek, and it means something previously undisclosed. And indeed, the, the full picture comes into focus with the New Testament. Um, you know, uh, the, the revelations that God had not previously given in the Old Testament have now been given in the New Testament. And we begin to understand what even the Old Testament prophets really could not fully grasp and kind of get their hands around. For example, Peter uh, tells us this. He says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them, these Old Testament prophets, it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which which now have been reported to you through the those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. And what occurred to me as I think about that is that what a blessing it is for us to live in this day and age. You know, I've talked about that a lot in the sense of us actually living in the last part of the last days in the context of uh, the signs of the times and the coming of our Lord. But really, it's it's an incredible privilege for us all all people of the church age for the last 2,000 years to be living this side of the cross. I mean, what an amazing time to live when we have the, 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 the complete revelation of God, Old and New Testament alike, to help us connect the dots and understand what God has been doing ever since mankind uh, turned his back on God ate from the forbidden fruit and first you know you know rebelled against God and sinned and ever since then God has been working out this eternal plan you know it's not a reactive plan God didn't get surprised when we sinned and said oh now what do I do he's always had this plan all along it's an eternal plan uh in fact he he goes on to say uh according to the commandment of the everlasting God for the obedience to the faith. In verse 26, he says, this, this plan, this mystery that's been kept secret since the world began is now made manifest by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations. Everyone on earth now knows, uh, or should know if they look to the revelation available to them, the general revelation of God, that he's the creator of the universe, that God loves them, and God wants to restore his relationship with them, and he's made that possible by sending his Son and our Savior Jesus Christ to the earth to die in our place and rise from the dead. But he says this, this prophetic scriptures that have been made known to all nations, 
are in keeping with the commandment of the everlasting God for the obedience of the faith. God wants everyone to obey the faith, that is, to trust in Christ. When when the Holy Spirit comes knocking, when the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, who uh, is convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, knocks on your door, uh, you need to open and re- and believe it. You need to respond obediently. And unfortunately, many people, unbelievers, reject the gospel. I have a, a whole book that I published a few years ago called The Top Ten Reasons Some People Go to Hell, and The One Reason No One Ever Has to. That's the subtitle. But in that book, I talk about, in my experience, the top 10 reasons that people refuse to respond favorably to the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. In other words, what are some popular reasons that people reject the free gift of eternal life? Why wouldn't someone believe in Jesus Christ and receive the greatest gift uh, ever known to mankind? Man's greatest need is God's greatest gift. And so uh, Paul here is summing up this incredible treatise about the, the the immeasurable grace of God by saying, uh, look, you know, this gospel that I'm preaching to you, it was a mystery uh, to the Old Testament saints. You know, they, uh, <clears throat> they didn't understand it all. In fact, the very first verse in Romans, you know, we're looking at the final three verses in this lengthy <clears throat> book, but the very first verse, Paul begins by saying, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And so throughout time, we see glimpses of the cross. We see it with the story of Abraham and Isaac. We see it even before that with the uh, discussion between God and the serpent in Genesis 3.15, when the serpent is told that one day the seed of the woman will destroy him. Uh, We see it uh, again and again throughout the Old Testament with the sacrificial system and the Levitical system, uh, with that scarlet thread of redemption that runs through Scripture, that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. But when we get to the cross in the New Testament— we see it in high-definition living color. It is the greatest expression of God's grace uh, found uh, you know, anywhere on planet Earth. Uh, it's the Lamb of God coming to take away the sin of the world. And so everyone in every age has always been saved the same way, by faith. But in the present age, we are trusting in the, the crucified and resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know the full picture. We understand how God redeemed mankind. We don't have to kind of just trust in God alone as Abraham did, Genesis 15, 6. He believed God and was declared righteous. He trusted God, as did all the Old Testament saints, that God would somehow provide a lamb, that we couldn't save ourselves. We can't work for it. We can't earn it. We can't do be good enough to get it. Only God can provide the free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. And Old Testament saints trusted in God to do that. But rather than looking forward like they did to God's redemptive plan, we now look back at a moment in history, uh, a moment that we're about to celebrate, by the way, here in the West, uh, as we celebrate Easter coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, and that is the death and resurrection of our Lord. And it's through Him and Him only that we can have eternal life. So what an incredible time to be alive. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a time when, as Paul closes out Romans, he says, Uh, To God alone, wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever and ever. As the wise God, God alone is the author of the plan of salvation for all of humankind. And uh, that in the Greek, that last part of verse 27 there, it it, it reads uh, like this, To the only wise God through Jesus Christ, 
be glory forever and ever. Amen. And uh, so it, we've kind of got it a little bit out of order there in our English translations, but it's to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. In other words, God the Father ultimately is the one to be praised and to whom glory belongs. And that glory is most clearly evident in the giving and sending of His eternal Son. In fact, Hebrews 1 reminds us of that uh, when it talks about the fact that God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son— <laughs> whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That's the Jesus who saves us. That's the Jesus whom we serve, and to God be the glory. So I hope uh, this morning, as we talk some more about world events and all that is going on uh, in the world, uh, I hope that it will encourage you and it will be a great reminder that, you know, by the grace of God, we're saved. And that means that we have special blessings and privileges that uh, unbelievers do not have. We hope they do have it. We hope that everyone who hears my voice will uh, yield to the convicting work of the Holy Spirit and believe in Jesus as the only one who can save them. Uh, but for those of us who are already part of the family of God, we have special uh, privileges that await, one of which is we will be raptured uh, prior to the tribulation period. We don't have to be here when the Antichrist reigns uh, in, in horrific terror over the world for seven years. We don't have to be here when the wrath of God is poured out on the earth. Uh, we get to experience the marriage of the Lamb in heaven. We get to be rewarded for our faithfulness. We get to serve and co-reign with Christ in the kingdom someday. Uh, we have so many privileges, and those privileges are not all just eschatological. We have them right now, such as the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit, uh, such as the uh, you know, the the special access through the new and living, living way opened up uh, for us by the blood of Christ. We can boldly approach the throne. We can, when we feel burdened, I've, I've gotten a lot of uh, emails and, and a couple of phone calls in the last, just in the last, you know, 48 to 36 hours from people burdened. And, and I just want to remind them uh, that, look, that we are never to be scared, only prepared, that God has already provided uh, all the answers that we need in His Word. Um, by the way, I encourage folks to read our my latest article. It was just posted yesterday on the website. Uh, the title of it is, uh, it's called, let me see if I can find it, Are You Missing the Point of Bible Prophecy? And I wrote that because of some of the emails that I was getting. It just, uh, the Lord burdened me to remind people that sometimes when we study Bible prophecy, we can't see the forest for the trees. And, you know, Randy and I do a lot of looking at the trees. We, we are kind of like the arborists inspecting the trees. But we always try to step back and remind you of the big picture. We try to put on our forest service uh, forestry service hats and and show you that while individual trees may be diseased and troubled and 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 look bad, the overall forest is good because God wins in the end, and we know where it's headed. And so, I don't want our listeners ever to miss the point of Bible prophecy. And Jesus is the hero of all Bible prophecy. He's the one that's going to come back and take the throne. Uh, yes, uh, there are dark days ahead, as the Bible predicted there would be, uh, but. You know, let us not forget 
As Psalm 33, verses 10 and 11 say, the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples to no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. So uh, with that sort of preface, uh, you know, there's not a lot of good news in the world, Randy. I know you've talked about that. You and I <laughs> talked about that off air this morning. Uh, but the good news is that God loves us and he sent his son to die for us. And we are part of his family to God be the glory. So uh, I would love to bring on Randy now. Randy, hope you're doing well. Uh, I saw you last night at Prophecy Night. So it seems like we it hasn't been that long, just a few hours. But uh, thanks for joining us this morning. And I'll turn it over to you as you kind of begin to explain some of the things happening in our world. Well, good morning, everybody. I hope this day finds you late awake, alive and happy and looking forward to the future. I know things get gloomy. Uh, they get a little into the doom, but we're going to get through it one way or another, I promise you. So anyway, just for a little housekeeping stuff here before we get started. First, I'd like to thank everybody that contributes, points things out for me. It's valuable. Uh, out of the hundreds of emails I get every week, I, there's always a couple that are really pertinent. And I just want to thank some people. I want to thank Rod, who basically is a friend of mine who got me onto the Dulce, um, New Mexico information. I want to thank Jason, who is my bullion and coin collector expert. I want to thank Mike, who watches out for all the solar flares and all of the things that are coming from different directions. Um, it's a, it's very helpful when people point this out because I can't monitor everything all the time. I want to thank the pastor for leading, leading into what we're going to say perfectly. It's amazing how it works because we never discussed this stuff beforehand. So this is obviously where God wants it, and that's a great thing. Now, a couple of gentlemen pointed out some stuff on the shortwave radios, longwave radios. Okay. I'll clarify, the frequencies that I'm going to use, you can get on a shortwave radio, but they're actually called long wave. So don't be looking for a long wave radio versus a shortwave radio. Look for the frequencies that I provided, because that is the most important thing. Um, also, another gentleman pointed out, I am on mountain time. So when I broadcast, if an emergency comes up, it'll be on mountain time. So if you're in a different time zone, you have to make an allowance. Now, I just received a new radio that is actual shortwave. I have two long wave and a GMRS and everything else. So if there's any way that we can make contact with people when things are going down, we will. Pastor has a GMRS radio that uh, is in Colorado Springs, has a lot of power, and I'm hoping that we can contact people, get onto repeaters, let them know what's going on, get on the satellites, whatever. But um, we're going to do the best we can if things go down. If the power grid goes down, if the repeaters go down, the satellites go down, well, we're all going to be sitting there re reading the Bible at the same time, just so you know where we're all at. Um a couple of interesting things that have happened before I get into some of this other stuff. I had a friend show me a video of a Walmart in beautiful Canada 
where a gentleman went up to get into the Walmart, wasn't able to do it. Someone finally come to the door and he mentioned he wanted to go into Walmart. And the lady said, well, if you don't have a chip in your right hand, right arm, you can't get in, you can't buy. They inserted the chip, he went up, put it against the door, the door opened, he went in. Otherwise, there was no access to anybody that was unchipped. Now, that's a little creepy when it's in Canada because we're getting real close to when it's going to be here. Um, had another lady walk in, and uh, she said that her uh, postal pension had been frozen. She was unable to access her health insurance, her 401k, or her pension. She was basically penniless at that time. Now, I haven't heard any announcements of what's going on with the federal government with pensions, 401ks, or whatever. But I find it really strange that that would happen before, you know, some of this other stuff has happened. So check your 401ks, make sure they're okay, your pensions. I would go over all of that. If you have a financial planner, get with them, go over this stuff, because some weird things are going to be happening and evidently have already started happening. Yeah, let me so, let me interject real quick on that Walmart store. You know, a lot of people are probably thinking, no way we would hear about that on the mainstream news. First of all, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> if you haven't figured out by now that the mainstream news is completely controlled and only tells you what they want, uh, then I, I really can't help you too much. Uh, but secondly, we need to understand it is a very big world, and especially knowing Canada and from my research, it is not at all implausible that certain small regions or little sections of a certain province could have that type of you know control. They roll it out uh, in incrementally like that to, as a test case and a trial basis. And so you know uh, we've, we're doing the best we can to vet everything we hear. But absolutely, that passes the smell test for me. I just wanted to mention that. And then on the four hundred one ks and stuff, uh, I know you're going to get into a lot more of the financial aspect of things. But I, I just want to interject while I'm thinking about it. I did get an email from a financial planner. Apparently, one of our listeners had gone into the financial planner and wanted to make changes to their portfolio. And they had cited me uh, and some some of the things I said last last week in Prophecy Night about setting the stage economically. And in particular, they had cited my quote, if you can't touch it, you don't own it. And this financial planner, whom I do not know, and who frankly was pretty gracious, you know, that wasn't a caustic email, but it was definitely a critical email saying, you know, you're scaring people, you don't know what you're talking about, you shouldn't, you know, encourage people to uh, change their portfolios. Well, I want to clarify, I have not given any financial advice, I don't encourage or discourage people to do anything with their own personal financial portfolios. All I'm saying, and I'll, I'll double down on this, is that if you don't touch, it, if you can't touch it, you don't own it. Uh, that's a fact, not in dispute. If your money is tied up in dashes and dots on a computer server somewhere, uh, it is very, very possible. Uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's possible that that money could disappear overnight. We've seen it happen already. Speaking of Canada, we've seen it happen in Canada where people's money was seized and taken away because they protested and didn't tote the party line on certain issues. Many other countries have done this. Uh, it's it's very common when money is you know electronic only for that money to be turned off. Look, if they can hack the NSA servers and rig elections, which they've been doing for decades, they can certainly hack in uh, for to your accounts. So uh, I think, uh, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen, or I'm not certainly not pre predicting a date that it can happen, but I'm saying it can happen. And so for that reason, I caution people to make sure they don't leave 
money in digital accounts, whether that's investment accounts, bank accounts, savings accounts, credit unions, don't leave any more in those accounts than you are prepared to lose because it could happen. Now, you do have to leave money in there to function, to live, to pay your mortgage, whatever it may be. And, and some people may roll the dice and say, look, I, I think my money's pretty secure. Great. That's that's certainly uh, your decision. All I'm doing is letting making people aware of the fact that if you can't walk in the next room, open the safe and put your hands on your assets, you don't really own them. And so I just want to remind uh, remind people of that. Randy? Well, that's exactly true. Neither you or I have ever pretended to be a financial planner, an accountant, or anything else. But we listen to enough of them during the week. We are getting the scoop from them. These are very credible people. Now, I'm going to give some websites here because people are wondering what's going on, where they can get more information. All right, so I'm going to go down these one at a time. The first website I want you to go is to the federalreserve.com. Look for an article called Fed Now. That is going to be your basic digital currency in the way that they are going to roll it out. Very simply, it outlines everything, tells you what they're going to do, when they're going to do it. It's a good um, a good source to read through. But here are some problems with it. All right. Fed Now and our digital currency maintains the thought that we're going to be the reserve currency for the world. We may not be, and that will throw everything into an upheaval. I say that because the BRICS nations right now are getting their currency together. They want to have it ready in August of this year. The Fed now, digital currency for the early birds, will basically be rolled out the first week of April. But the general rollout will be in July. Now, notice, and I'm going to make different uh, comments on these dates. July is very interesting because that is a month before the BRICS currency will roll out. So they're trying to beat something there. So watch that very carefully. Um, basically, what the Fed now says is if a bank has a relationship with a central bank, they'll be considered to be members of the Fed now. Now, the problem is most of the small banks have no relationship with a central bank unless it's through one of their regional banks. The goal is to get rid of the small banks, get rid of the regional banks, and then they will utilize the large mega banks. Those banks already have their digital currency experiment done. They've had their people work with it. They're ready to roll. I go to numerous banks, credit unions, and I talk to them. The small banks have not been trained. And I was talking to one of the gentlemen there, and he said, we're not special. He said, we're a small bank. They're not going to pay attention to us. So the people at the bank already know what's coming. And that's scary that they know what's coming, but the general public doesn't understand it. They're going to absorb them, eat them, put them into the regional banks or into a mega bank. And then you'll see how the digital currency is going to come into uh, play. Very now, soon. let me mention, I think you misspoke when you said federalreserve.com. It's federalreserve.gov. Okay. Okay, and if you type right, if you go there and then right in the top, there's a search box. If you type in Fed Now, it'll take you to a bunch of articles about Fed Now. The very first one is a, is kind of a summary of it. But yeah, federalreserve.gov is uh, is the URL. 
Okay, great. Thank you. Because uh, we don't want to go into the wrong one because that gets to be rather much of a hassle. Okay. Now, there are some articles I want you to check out. They're, they're vital so you understand what we're talking about. The Federal Reserve that I just talked about is vital. It will tell you what they're planning on doing. Then I want you to go into a YouTube channel called Canadian Prepper. Now, this gentleman, he's um, he's a little overdramatic. He sometimes makes forecasts that are not quite believable. You'll, you'll get a good laugh. I do this before bed because it's hilarious. But he had a, um, let's see, a Lynette Zhang on, who is an economist. She's also a uh, financial planner. But she's well-known, and under the title of his um, podcast, it was called It's Done, Game Over. Look for that one, pop on that one, and she will give you a the, the most complete detail and explanation of how this system works, what we're looking for, what's going to happen, who's involved, and is she has some great visual aids that makes this plain as day. If you follow that all the way through to the end, you will see what kind of a mess we're in. Right now, we're waiting for the um, Fed, basically, our Treasury, who's ever going to announce it today, you never know, if they're going to raise interest rates or if they're going to leave them or if they're going to lower them. Now, she was quite explicit the other day that if the rates are raised, uh, that helps with inflation, but that will destroy all of the small banks. If they don't raise it, then we're going to get into a situation of hyperinflation, which our currency, our, our system cannot handle. We're, we're going to end up at the same place, no matter which the Fed does right now. In other words, as she said, we are in the final process of trying to get rid of a dead currency that is out of hand, out of whack. And now we have to bring in something else, which is why we're going to go with a digital currency. She explains this in detail. She explains it simply. And you need to, you need to take advantage of what she has to say there. Now, there are a couple other things since we have twice as many people listening as we've had before. If you want to get antibiotics before everything happens, there are two places. One is called Jace Medical, J-A-S-E Medical.com. And another one is called, uh, let's see here, Duration Health. Yes, DurationHealth.com. They both offer antibiotics. Duration offers more medications. And basically, I suggest you go in there, look at the website, see if it's something you want. Um, they have great products. They deliver them quickly. And in case everything goes to heck, you'll have at least some of that stuff in your possession. Yeah, let me add to that. Uh, the, uh, you know, the they're both kind of expensive. So there is a cost to pay for, you know, getting prepared and having medications on hand. Duration Health, I was really impressed with because they'll do a telemed video appointment with you, uh, just like you're sitting in the office with a doctor. And then they'll go over different medications with you. And they send, as Randy said, a comprehensive 
a packet that includes not just a, an array of antibiotics, but other types of medicines that could be needed in a crisis. Uh, Jace Medical, you don't have to do the telemed, or at least you, you didn't when we did it, uh, but you do have to answer some questions and fill out an online form, and then you can order uh, the uh, antibiotics. And you'll want to, depending on the size of your family or people in your you know, household, you'll want to you know, get more or less, you know, based on that. Uh, for duration health, you have to have a telemed appointment for the kids if you want a children's or adolescent uh, package of medicines. But they come to you just as if you had picked them up at the pharmacist with the pharmacist uh, uh, label on the bottles, uh, instructions on how to use them, just like you would get it from a pharmacy, except they ship them directly uh, to your uh, to your house. So jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, medical.com or durationhealth.com uh, are two sources. We don't, you know, have any connection to them. I don't know anything about their history or their background. It's just a means to an end for me. So someone might save you some time if you were planning to look them up and email me and say that they're part of some global cabal or that so-and-so David Rockefeller's on their board or whatever. Look, I'm not vetting them in that regard. I'm just saying, if you want some antibiotics, uh, that's a good means to an end. Yes, and I've received products from both. I highly recommend them. And um, all I got to tell you, as far as emergency preparedness goes, those are the only two that I found that had antibiotics. But let's face it, uh, there's shortages around the country right now. You may very well need them. Take advantage while you can. Uh, and like Pastor said, we don't get anything out of this. It's just something we happened onto, and so we pass it along. All right, now there are three YouTube channels. If you want to learn how to can your own food, how to get survival foods and everything ready to go, these are really good ones. I've watched them. Um, some of the people that are basically uh, doing it are a little quirky, but they make it fun. One is called Townsend's, T-O-W-N-S-E-N-D-S. One is called Riverside Homestead Life. And the other one is a pinch of patience. These are YouTube channels. And they have a lot of different um, presentations dealing with eggs, potatoes, meats, vegetables, etc. For those that want to get ahead of things, you know, how to plant a garden. These are great places to go to because if you have no idea what you're doing, you will have a much better idea when that's done. All right. So now we get to the interesting stuff. We all know what's happened in the last week, what kind of dire consequences that we have coming. There are two pivotal moments this week. One is will ex-President Trump be indicted? And the other one basically is going to be what is the Fed going to do with the interest rates? So supposedly that comes out sometime this week. I'm kind of monitoring as we're talking to see what's going on. Um, so we'll start with the uh, money part because everybody's always interested in that. Okay, last week, Credit Suisse got themselves in big trouble. So the United Bank of Switzerland bought them out. Now, they bought them out for $3 billion with a loan guarantee for the bad loans they're anticipating of $100 billion. Now, Credit Suisse was a regional bank. United Bank of Switzerland is a, what should we call it? It's not a regional bank. It's actually the um, main bank for Switzerland, I guess, for lack of a better term. So these are going to be one of the mega banks. 
that are going to be taking part of the financial um, jumble, as I call it, going on here shortly. Um, the bank runs are going to get worse. There are 180 banks on the hit list right now that they expect to crumble and to be absorbed by larger banks probably in the next 60 days. Uh, we still have to worry about Republic Bank. They infused $30 billion into that bank. But as of this morning, again, they are down in the um, markets. The problem with the $30 billion that they were given by larger banks, that money was deposited in the bank, but it cannot be used. It's there for show. That's all it's there for. It cannot be loaned. It cannot be invested. And it has to be paid back to those banks in 120 days. So what they're trying to do is get somebody to buy this bank and take it over. But they're having a little bit of trouble, just like with SVD. Um, people don't want to buy them. They're too toxic. They, um, their loans, their uh, administration is totally corrupt. And nobody wants to buy them. So we'll monitor those, see if anybody purchases those banks. If not, well, then we're going to have to be looking at what the Fed wants to do with those. The um, FDIC and Janet Yellen basically say, you know, the depositors, they're going to be covered. Now, with the Credit Suisse and SVB, they're covering everybody's deposits. What they don't tell you is if you're a shareholder, if you're a bondholder, if you're an investor, you lost it all. Now, the FDIC basically come out and said, we're not going to do it that way for the banks in the future. What you're going to have to do is the FDIC, Janet Yellen, the administration are going to decide if you are worthy of getting bailed out. Now, that should concern everybody because... How do you possibly objectively pick the banks that you want to win or lose? I mean, is it by political affiliation? Is it going to be on the size of the bank only? Uh, I don't know what they're planning, but when it says that the um, three of those have the choice of getting the bank back on its feet or it disappearing, that makes me very nervous. Janet Yellen, if you watch her in the interviews, it comes across as if she knows very little about what she's talking about. Now, what scares me is she was the chairman of the Federal Reserve between 2014 and 2018. Biden comes into power, he goes ahead and makes her head of the Treasury. And I'm thinking, what are her qualifications that she's in these jobs? When Congress is banging the questions at her faster than she can think, she comes up with some of the most off-the-wall comments that I've heard. It's much like Kamala Harris. So maybe those two could just switch positions if they need to and um, go from there. But we are talking billions and billions and billions of dollars. Now, we talked about the BRICS nations. The BRICS nations control 30% of the population of the world, but a very, very large amount of the tangible assets, gold, um, fiat currency, everything. Now, to compare them to the United States, China has a debt 
under the World Bank. I believe it was IMF or something of $487 million. That's the total they owe everybody. The United States owes $32 trillion. So when you look at the economies and how they're positioned, uh, the BRICS nations look to me like everybody may be flooding over to them rather than wanting the United States as a reserve currency. The Russians owe right at a billion dollars under the uh, Fed, um, international loans. So you see their economies are strong. They, uh, they have no excessive debt. They can do what they want to do. Now the BRICS nations, we wonder where, who was all involved in that, but take note because last week, Mexico has decided to go with the BRICS nations. Now we get a lot of oil from Mexico. We get a lot of drugs from Mexico. So it's, it's gonna be an interesting situation to see how that works out. We have people in Congress wanting to activate the army to um, take care of the drug problem and the Mexican government's going, no, you're not coming in here. You're not gonna touch us, leave us alone. So we're gonna have some animosity building there. Our uh, relationship was pretty good under President Trump, but with the head of Mexico right now and Biden, they're not getting along at all. Um, State Department warns about going many places in Mexico because of the cartels and the drug problems they have down there. And one needs to understand the cartels are actually involved and active in 25 states in the United States also. The amount of money that they are shoveling into the banks should be of concern because they're going to have undue influence in many American banks as they do in Mexico, and it's going to cause some very large problems. So I hope our legislators are watching that and they get a hand on it. But I think they're so busy with other stuff right now, they're not really not really looking at it, which is a shame. So let me uh, let me uh, give an update here on the Trump indictment. Uh, this is sure. just breaking while we're talking here. Fox News is reporting that uh, the uh, DA, the Manhattan DA, uh, Alvin Bragg, has canceled the uh, the uh, grand jury proceedings for today, Wednesday. Uh, and uh, this is again Fox News. So take it for what it's worth. Two sources familiar with Fox News. Uh, told uh, that, told Fox News that the grand jury meeting was canceled amid, quote, major dissension within the district attorney's office. One source claiming that the DA is having trouble convincing the grand jury about potential charges due to the, quote, weakness of the case. So it seems to me, and I picked up on this a little bit Monday, first thing Monday, it seemed like all the major news outlets, the controlled media, state-run media, uh, was you know walking back the notion that Trump was going to be indicted and arrested. Um, of course, who knows? Anything's still possible because we don't know what we don't know. And uh, the Luciferians that are pulling the strings that have multiple layers of agendas. But it seems like, at least at face value, they're now kind of acting like there's, uh, uh, you know, just major conflict. And uh, the major headline on foxnews.com is Trump grand jury proceedings canceled for the day under mysterious circumstances. And if you read a little closer, it talks about how they think that the DA is having trouble, you know, convincing the grand jury to bring an indictment. So we'll see, uh, you know, maybe it was a trial balloon. They wanted to see what, how people would react, but uh, just thought I would give that update. 
Well, I'm glad you did that because the prosecutor, Mr. Banks, is a very interesting individual. Mr. Braggs, uh, his name is. Braggs, yes, yeah. okay. Anyway, George Soros spent $1 million on his campaign. Uh, he and uh, Mr. Braggs are very good friends. But the thing is, this case, what they're really going after is the payments for non-disclosure agreements with some of the people in the president's ex-president's past life. Now, this occurs in society all of the time. When they were going through some of the depositions and some of the testimony, multiple people said that those non-disclosure payments were made to protect Melania. They were not made to protect anything that Trump was doing as far as the election, the White House, or anything else. So that immediately takes it out of the purview of politics and makes it personal. Personal payments for those non-disclosure statements are done all of the time. There is nothing illegal there. Now, I think Mr. Bragg or whatever his name is finally getting the message because Congress is looking into him now because they want to know if there's any federal money involved. Uh, they want to know what his political motivation is. And I'm saying if you look in the back, you see Mr. Soros and you see all these other wonderful characters. Now, what this is going to do, if they go ahead and prosecute Mr. Trump, the next one in line should be Mr. Biden and his entire family. Then let's go back to Hillary Clinton. Then let's go to Barack Obama. Then let's go to Mr. Bush. And you see where this goes. I mean, all of these people do things that are questionable in their life while they're in office, whatever. If it's in office and it affects the American public, let's go after it. Otherwise, I didn't elect Trump. I didn't vote for him because he's good looking, overly honest, or uh, a humble man. We knew who he was. We saw him during the election cycle. Somebody to make a change. So move on. They don't want him to run again. I don't know if he's going to run again, but let it lie. We have bigger problems. Let's move on. So it's going to be interesting. I will bet you 90-10%, 90-10, that he walks and they don't bother Trump again. But we'll see. Um, if they're using their head, they let him go because they have no grounds. All right. Now, here's how our CBDC is coming into effect. You're going to note... And if you haven't already, it's coming. What they're doing is they've got to bring things together and stop the inflation, stop the mayhem. So many people are getting reduced credit limit letters in the mail. Some are getting higher interest rate limits. And then they are limiting the um, amount of cash they're going to allow to be present. Now, I can tell you that I just renewed one of my credit cards. The interest rate went from 21% to 32.9. They left the limit the same, but it's like I very, very seldom use them. But then I started to check with some people at Home Depot. Home Depot is sending out a lot of letters decreasing the limits. Uh, one gentleman had a commercial account. And basically, they reduced his limit from 60000 to 15000 Now, if you've got a business where you need a credit limit to go back and forth and to complete your business, you're in trouble. As far as limiting cash, when I hear this, I like to go experiment. So I took my Goldman Sachs card, 
No, nothing on it. I very seldom use it. I went out to get a cash advance. I thought, let's do an experiment. I put it in there and it comes up access denied. And I'm going, well, that's kind of weird. So then I went to buy gas and I could pump gas with no problem. So the cash was no, the product was yes. So evidently they're starting slow, they're starting small, but expect to see more of this all the time. And it's going to affect everybody because if you have a credit card with a $20,000 limit, you're waiting to make a major purchase and all of a sudden they lower it to $10,000. Um, we're going to have some true problems there. All right. I want everybody to go back to the FDIC meeting that is all over the internet from last November. And I want you to listen to it because when you look at the Fed now, you listen to the FDIC meeting and then you listen to um, Lynette Zhang, you're going to get the, you're going to get a good idea of what's going on. Supposedly this is going to roll out in July. I think they have completely different plans than that. I believe that they are waiting for something shocking, something huge, cataclysm, war, or whatever, because I think on a Friday night, they're going to do exactly what the FDIC said. They're going to close the banks. They're going to make the changes. Monday, when you wake up, you're going to have a new currency and new rules and regulations. Doesn't make sense for the FDIC to put that out and then the Fed now saying, we're going to wait till July. I've got a problem with that. It's a matter of who do you trust? I don't trust any of them. But the way the FDIC was talking, you know, we're all morons. We don't understand it. We don't get it. So they're going to do it. And then they're going to explain it to us later. Um, so when it gets to Friday, I do no transactions whatsoever on Friday. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've talked about Fridays being a key day for for rolling out major developments, not just in the economic world, but all kinds of false flags and so forth. Uh, you see that uh, talked about in uh, Hollywood movies that are somewhat awake, that that have a, a plot line where there's an evil global cabal that's doing things. They actually will come right, right out and talk about how Friday is a good day to do that stuff. Uh, of course, it depends on their motive. Uh, they Sometimes they'll do it early in the week so that they get a lot of primetime coverage uh, on it if their motive is to scare or intimidate. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think keeping your sensors up and tuned in on Fridays is, is a good idea. Now, I still, and this is just my speculation, that's all we're, we're doing here is telling you what the facts are and then doing our best to connect the dots and speculate on how this might impact uh, biblical prophecy. I still believe, Randy, that the most likely scenario for rolling out uh, a, a CBDC uh, uh, or even FedNow and things like that is some kind of major uh, cr crash or you know crisis that gives them a reason to do it. That, in other words, uh oh, there's a major problem and we need this to rescue us. You know, uh, they're yes. not going to just force thrust it on us over a weekend, in my in my opinion, uh, because I think there would be way too much pushback. Uh, of course, that may be part of their goal. They want to, you know, provoke civil war and, and, and civil unrest. Uh, so who really knows for sure? But my gut's just been telling me all along that when they get ready to move to the next phase of the global currency and get the U.S. to sign on to it, it's going to be preceded by some type of major event, whether that's a war or a disaster or 
uh, an economic collapse. And that's why, you know, all of these bank failures in the last week have really got my attention is, you know, it has the earmarks of the beginnings of the very type of collapse that I've envisioned happening in order to, you know, pave the way for them to roll out the uh, digital currency. Yes, I, it's going to be something major. And, uh, you know, if there's a lot of civil discourse, that's where our martial law comes into, let's face it. But there's one aspect of all of this that nobody is um, discussing. We discuss car loans. We discuss home loans. We discuss everything. But what about the student loans? There's 1.9 trillion in student loans out there. 45 million people have student loans. Of the parent loans out there for their children, 8.8% of those exceed $100,000. Hmm. Now, as we're laying off hundreds of thousands of people, as we're lowering credit rate or credit limits, giving less access to cash, what are we gonna do with that 1.9 trillion that they just very conveniently Miss, don't discuss. Uh, you have to pay him back. That's by federal statute. This is not a choice. So, you know, we talked at uh, church last night briefly about how could they institute us. And I believe one gentleman said payment of taxes. That's a very good way that they could stick this in there. And you don't have to join. But if you don't, uh, you can't pay your taxes. Well, we're all in trouble. But I'm thinking with student loans, I think we all have to understand the government is so corrupt and they are so desperate right now. They're going to get cash anywhere they can. They're going to come after your 401ks. They're coming after your pensions, obviously, with the lady at the post office. But then let's talk about Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, unemployment. Those people that are dependent on that monthly payment from the U.S. government are going to be under their thumb immediately. They will have no choice. Yeah, and that's and, that. That's you know what the whole purpose behind all these unfunded liabilities is. You know, we we sit here, those of us who track the national debt, and we talked about this you know week before last in uh, in uh, prophecy night. And we talk about, you know, yeah, there's 32 trillion in debt, but what about all the unfunded liabilities? And by some accounts, that puts it at, into, into the quadrillions. But the reason that's irrelevant and the reason the global elite know that it's irrelevant is because it's all funny money and they're planning to roll out the digital currency anyway. And when they do that, they're just going to put tokens on your digital ID card and, you know, either add or subtract tokens based on your level of cooperation with the carbon footprints, with the medical, uh, you know, mandates, with... Uh, with your water usage, with you know everything, and so uh, uh, so you know the the idea that uh, these unfunded liabilities are going to cause the crash, I think that's missing the point. The the crash has essentially already happened. The Luciferian elite are simply propping up the United States government till they are ready to actually bring it down. Like they're holding their finger in the in the uh, the, the the dike until they're ready. Then they'll remove it and it'll just come exploding down. But you're right. Um, you know, we talked to a guy last night who's uh, very knowledgeable. I'll just mention his first name because I don't have permission to mention his name. But he, his name is Paul, and he's he got a lot of inside information because of his job on the Federal Reserve and. You know, one of the ways that they rolled out the national digital ID card in India was uh, through you know what they call the Adhar system was by requiring people in India to pay their taxes using that Adhar system, the digital ID. So they 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 can easily 
you know, create these mandates by saying, well, we're not forcing you to sign up for a digital ID, but if you don't have one, you can't pay your taxes. Well, if you don't pay your taxes, you go to jail. So it's essentially, you know, a mandate once removed. And, uh, you know, they they make, make pat themselves on the back and saying, we're not, you know, putting a gun to your head and making you sign up for FedNow or digital ID or whatever they're going to call it. But they're doing it, you know, secondhand by making it impossible for you to live or, or function. But, uh, but yeah, the the people that get you know the government uh, money, whether that's uh, Medicaid or you know Social Security or you name it, uh, they're going to be enticed into signing up for the digital ID card uh, by saying, well, well, if you if you're one of the early adopters, we'll load it up with a bunch of extra tokens uh, just to you know uh, thank you for for signing on quickly. And and people will jump at that. They'll jump at the the free money. As far as the student loans, I want to remind people that we can thank that you know Trump here recently for trying to uh, eliminate a lot of that student loan debt because again it's all funny money anyway. And I did not misspeak when I said Trump. It was Trump. It was Biden that initiated it. But how did he do it? Well, he did it based on the Emergency Act, uh, you know, that Trump instituted back. Uh, you know, in uh, 20, uh, whatever it was, 20, I forget the year, but uh, on the uh, Medical National Emergency Act. So the, and that, that act, which they're claiming is going to finally come to an end in May, uh, has been the root of a lot of evil. And Biden appealed to that and based his, you know, wiping out a lot of the student loan debt, which is still tied up in the courts, by the way, uh, on that act. So yeah, it's all you know, a distraction, uh, it, the, the, the unfunded liabilities, waiving this debt, adding this debt, you know, all a distraction. When they're ready, they're going to reset the entire system as part of the global reset. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The five prongs in, in Klaus Schwab's book, The Great Reset, and one of them is an economic reset. And when you reset something, you, you know, before you reset your computer, you don't sit there and, you know, tidy up and change things or whatever. When you're ready for a reset, you just push the off button. It comes back on and everything's closed and you have to reopen all your apps. That's what they're going to do with the economic system. They don't care how many trillions of debt were, you know, in the hole and they don't care whether they can meet or not meet the demands of all these unfunded liabilities. They're just going to start over and introduce you to your new tokenized uh, digital ID card. Yes. Now, I gave a couple of websites and uh, <clears throat> YouTube videos to watch. We'll get into this more next week because after we find out what the Fed is going to do, we're going to have a better idea as to which way we're going. If we're going hyperinflation, if we're going to go into a depression. But when you listen to Mrs. Zhang, please understand she is being right on the money, very forthcoming, and she's got it nailed. So listen closely. And Okay, as far as AI, I think Shane's going to be interviewed this week, right? Yeah, so uh, I want to give an update on that. I had promised that uh, I would be doing an uh, an updated interview with uh, technology expert Shane. Um, he we interviewed him uh, some weeks ago on Chat GPT and AI, and he agreed to come back on and give us kind of some updates and and also to talk about other emerging technologies that really could be a threat. Uh, and play into Bible prophecy. Uh, that was scheduled for Monday night, but he had a family emergency and we had to postpone that. And so we're still hoping to get him on this week. And uh, I apologize that we didn't deliver on that. It was just uh, obviously beyond his control and beyond our control. But pray for Shane and his family. And uh, we hope to, to hopefully record that later this week. 
Okay, on the Russian front, Xi Jinping just left Russia this morning, and he supposedly, you know, discussed his peace plan for Ukraine with Putin. Kremlin says they didn't, but who knows? Um, basically, what's going on in Russia right now? Moldova is holding pro-Russian rallies. They would rather go with Russia, at least part of the people, than with the NATO countries, which probably not a bad idea considering everything. Uh, the British yesterday said we're going to use depleted uranium rounds in the Ukraine for anti-tank warfare. Putin says if you fire one of those into the country, we're going to respond with a nuclear barrage. Now, depleted uranium rounds are very dense. They're a very good weapon. They're not really anything dangerous, but he's got it in his mindset. He's not going to put up with it, so be be watching that. Uh, we continue to have the American uh, bombers being escorted by Russian fighters and vice versa. Things are getting so hot there. Somebody's going to make a mistake. The other day I watched a Russian troop transport going down into, um, let's see, where was it? Into one of the Russian provinces. And there were two NATO planes right beside it. And if that guy would have veered off a mile either way, he would have been in the air defense zones for NATO. So something's going to happen. We've seen the jets, bombers scrambled last week, going both to China and going to Europe. So everything's starting to build there again, up to the point of no return. Um, Admiral Kirby, I guess is what his name, um, came out. And they asked him yesterday, what do you think about the China peace plan? And he said, there will be no peace plan as long as Russia has the four republics in the Ukraine. He said that would be rewarding them for them doing wrong, and it's not going to happen. So the peace plan is dead. We're going to continue with this assault, war, whatever you want to call it, until we finally get into a hot war. It's coming. I don't see how we're going to go back because the Biden administration absolutely wants no peace plan. They do not want to stop the war. Um, they want a war with Russia. I, I don't think they've thought through what's going to happen. Listening to Colonel McGregor last night, he said, basically, the underlings that report to Biden have not told him what the risks are. They have not explained to him how we can't fight a war because we don't have the ammunition or anything else and that we will probably lose. So he is sitting at the top of the heap and nobody's telling him what's going on. He keeps pushing, pushing, pushing. Sooner or later, we're all going to wake up to the tones, letting us know that there is an incoming set of missiles. So pray that somebody gets the information to the people that make the decision. Not that Biden makes the decision, but his handlers get the message. That's very, very important. Now, very telling yesterday is when Xi Jinping and Mr. Putin were sitting there before um, I don't know if it was their Congress or whatever it was. But as you watched, as Mr. Putin basically said, this is what we're going to do. Ukraine is ours. And they are more than willing to go to the nuclear side of it. If you watch Xi Jinping, he was sitting over there. Now, usually he is 
the ultimate diplomat. He, he's got a poker face if you've ever seen one. But he kind of looked over at Putin. He starts blinking his eyes and starts frowning. So you know that Putin has passed this by him. You know that she is evidently given his blessing, but it makes him extremely nervous. And he knows that Putin will do it. So after watching that, after watching Admiral Kirby go, eh, we don't need this, we don't want that, watching the bombers being deployed, we now have two carrier task force in the Mediterranean, which went into the Black Sea, two carrier task force over by the South China Sea. We have our North Korean friend blowing off more missiles than I thought he had. This is going to culminate in a dire situation. I used to think we'd get by without a war. Now I'm thinking it's almost a certainty. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know again. Let's not miss the point of Bible prophecy here. The 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 point is that uh, this is all pointing toward the culmination of God's plan of the ages. Uh, Will it happen in our day? Uh, can't can't say for sure because we we're not the one that's in charge. God is, and but uh, we we do have a blueprint in Scripture that talks about a global economy, a global governance, a global religion. I talked about that a little bit last night. And we're going to continue that next week at Prophecy Night, the global religion. Um, and so uh, the stage is clearly being set. We don't know when that curtain's going to rise, but the stage is clearly being set. Uh, wanna, before I wrap up here, I want to just give a quick update on the Fed. This is from CNBC. Uh, they have not had their press conference yet, but uh, CNBC is reporting that they're expecting an, a quarter point rate increase, which would make it the highest level on the benchmark rate in more than 15 years since 2007. Uh, they're also saying that in the post-meeting statement, the Fed will probably suggest, will likely suggest a less certain outlook on the economy. They're also going to release unemployment, inflation, and GDP information. And finally, they're expecting Jerome Powell in his post-meeting news conference is going to uh, make comments on how the central banks can somehow maintain financial stability. So uh, on the economic front, on the Russia-Ukraine front and China front, uh, on, on many fronts, we see things uh, kind of unraveling. Uh, and I'm not afraid to say that. I know a lot of people say, oh, that's doom and gloom. It's not doom and gloom. Read my article from yesterday called, Are You Missing the Point of Bible Prophecy? This is kind of exciting to, to see these things happening if you're a believer, because we know that it's, uh, you know, someday we are going to be in a one world government of just prior to the Lord's return and the final seven years there to set up his kingdom. And the closer we get to that one world government, that means the closer we are to the rapture. And so it also creates more urgency. And so I want to remind people again, as I did at the outset of today's podcast, if you don't know the Lord, today's the day. Uh, all the preparation and, you know, stockpiling and, you know, buying long-term storable food and converting your assets into tangible commodities and all of those types of preparations are meaningless if you're not right with the Holy God. So you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ today. Uh, it's a simple matter of, of, of trust. Who are you trusting to get you into heaven? If you're trusting in anyone or anything else other than the one who took your place on the cross, then your faith is misplaced. And as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, it's futile. So I implore you to place your faith in Christ. Those of you who already know the Lord, 
uh, let's stick together. Let's continue to navigate these uh, crazy times through the lens of Scripture. I appreciate you, Randy, for always giving us kind of the latest. And uh, as always, if anything breaks, if there's any you know major um, sort of end of the world as we know it type of you know event, uh, we will do our best to to get hop back on the uh, the podcast here and give you an update. Um, even if, even uh, maybe end of the world as we know it is is too uh, ominous sounding. I think we're heading for that someday, obviously, but when the world will change and shift back into a global kingdom, ultimately with Christ on the throne. But, you know, if there are any just significant events, world events that uh, we think might uh, get our attention and need some comment, we'll pop back on before next week. But other than that, uh, we will uh, be back on with Randy again next week for our, our next uh Uh, installment of World Events Update. In the meantime, I do encourage you to check out my article, Are You Missing the Point of Bible Prophecy at NotByWorks.org? Check out our latest podcasts, and, uh, you know, join us uh, this coming Sunday if you're in the Denver metro area at Plum Creek Chapel. We have services at 8.30 and 10 o'clock. We live stream the 10 o'clock message. Uh, My messages only are live stream, not the whole service. We just don't have the technological setup to live stream the music. Uh, But anyway, any closing thoughts, uh, Randy? Two things. The uh, Bank of England just raised their 25 points also. So they're in conjunction with us. And Xi Jinping said, China will stand over the world order if we're not able to. Now, I find that very comforting, and I'm thinking, take us now, Lord. (laughs) Did he mean China will stand over the world order if the United States is not able to? Is that what he was saying? I think he just says they're the most capable right now. I'm going, thanks so much. Well, that's, uh, yeah, one more sign of the times. So thank you so much, Randy. We appreciate you um, and appreciate you fielding emails from folks as well. I know you get a lot. I do, too. But uh, um, I'm glad that some of the emails that you get, I don't get because uh, I tell you, I know, I know the ones I do get uh, are tough enough. So God bless you, everyone. Thanks for uh, uh, tuning in today. And uh, we'll have some more podcasts uh, with other guests uh, throughout the rest of this week. So look forward to those. And until then, God bless you. And we'll see you next time.